Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Shit, we are back with another episode of the Moto X Pod Show, episode 140 this week with Dr. Tim Laskies, works at uh, Underground MX, and Sean Brennan from Fail to Be On Tonight, and I've got my one and only producer, until I can get a better one, in studio, DJ TJ, what's up? Well, I had to come in studio, so I mean, other podcasts are stepping up, having great shows, so I had to come in to save this one. Yeah, and you failed, you forgot the YouTube stuff. Um, and yeah, you're just unprepared, but we want to thank all our sponsors, including our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. The Moto X show is brought, <laughs> I just fucked that up, but I'm not <laughs> going to start over. The Moto X pod show is brought to you by Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high quality economical performance parts. So check out torqueoneracing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Shock socks, all sport dynamics, blood lubricants, fly racing, power band racing, works wheels and mods, extreme colors. Williams Motorworks, a Cherbies, or I even said it wrong, a Cherbies, a Cherbies, a Cherbies, and X Brand goggles, all on board for 2020 on the Moto X Pod Show. We're gonna kick this thing off tonight um, with some, like I said, some fun guests. I'm just back from Glen Helen. You guys heard most of the stuff I talked about on the Pulp Show. Had a blast. TJ, you haven't been in studio in like nine months. I think I don't even know what's been going on. I'm working all the time, been going to races, went to Vegas. I think I did a show after. No, I came after Vegas. I went straight to the rig, went straight to work. Yep. And now I'm working on finally getting to do something for myself. I'm putting a bike build together so I have a fresh new bike as we go to, um, what's it, Uh, Cycle Ranch next week. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Like, I'm finally going to get to ride a dirt bike. Are you going to do this bike build on your YouTube channel? I think it's what Two Gay Guys Garage. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. That, no, exactly. Never... That's exactly the name of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really remind me what it is. It is a Motoheads Garage. Um, yeah, I'm just going to do it on that, and maybe even throw it up on our channel with yeah. a, a link or something like a short version of it or something. Yeah, since I bailed on the 2000 CR250 build, you did. You did actually. I'll take oh, that well, back. Go I'll, ahead. Then I got story telling that. Go ahead. I, actually, I'm not going to probably make a video okay. on, on my channel just because I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, it's like so much work to do a video. Yeah. 
and I really don't, I really enjoy making the videos, but I also sometimes just like to get in there in the shop and put my just head work. down and work. So, well, the bike that I gave up on, uh, and Brent, uh, Brent Rouse and his brother mm -hmm. picked it up mm -hmm. and, I, and I saw them this weekend and they're like, yeah, we had to pretty much scrap the whole thing because the bike was worse off than we thought. The frame was completely trashed. It was like inside. It had gotten corroded. It, so there was almost nothing salv salvageable. And I kind of oh, felt wow. bad. He goes, no, he said, the money I gave, there was at least that many parts worth yeah. available still. But he said it was really, really bad. So, yeah, I just, I didn't have the the time or the the want or the finances to even try to fix that bike. So, But yeah. you know why I'm building this bike, right? I, you've Be probably told me, but I don't because listen to you. The bike is my son's old practice bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got like 600 hours on the frame. Uh-huh. And I just would feel terrible about selling it to somebody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least in the condition it was in. It's yeah. Not, I mean, and so I'm going to build it up, replacing everything, all the bearings, all every, going through it again, which I've done a million times, it seems like, but have it all fresh for me to ride for a while. There you go. Yeah, you're going to get back on a four-stroke and... Like you mentioned a, a minute ago, all this though this bike won't be ready for that. We are going to Cycle Ranch. No, it will be ready for Cycle Ranch. Yes. Oh, it's that quick. Okay, I thought this was like a long term build. Okay. No, no, I missed. I, I misheard what you said. Then. No, I'm gonna have it like the frame just got through getting powder coated yeah. at uh, Tyler Coating. Okay. The guys there are really cool. I, we have no affiliation with them. I pay retail go in that place, but the dude's well, awesome. Well, then I'm gonna go cut that part out. We're yeah. not gonna spot. We're not gonna promote not anybody. I, I'm not promoting him. If I'm they're just, not paying. I'm just saying, like, the the guy was awesome and got it done real quick for me, so I just yeah. wanted to give him a thank you for cool. that. And um, anyway, so I hopefully to have the bike together to be able to test ride on Sunday. Cool. Well, we'll we will be at Cycle Ranch. Mm -hmm. uh, it was talked about. JT talked about it briefly on Pulp Show. I talked about it on the wrap-up show. If you guys are in anywhere near the San Antonio area that come next weekend, the Cycle, Ra Cycle Ranch is having the Fly Fun Day. Uh, there is a Facebook page. I think it's Fly Fun Day, something like that, on Facebook. You can search it out, no problem. It's free. You just have to pick up tickets at a local dealership. You can come out and ride. Fly Racing is going to be up there set up. I'm going to be set up with X-Brand. We're going to set up the soundboard, do some interviews. Damon Bradshaw will be there. I have my film equipment. Brian Fullerton from Cherubies will be there. I can sugar buggers. And, uh, it's, and there will be a lot of other dealers out there. It's just going to be fun. You come out and ride Cycle Ranch for free. So hopefully you guys show up. We're going to do some videos and some vlogs, post some stuff, so it'll be free. fun. I'm going to be there. Yeah, TJ, um, hopefully they'll have some good food. Uh, hopefully it won't be Wendy's. You would not believe how much money I spent on food in California this last weekend. I wouldn't want to even, like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, you know, my whole goal was get to California, go straight to In-N-Out Burger. Did you even go? I did not eat In-N-Out Burger one time in California. Well, like I, we, you and I talked, and that when we went to Vegas, every one of our meals except for one was at Del Taco. Yeah, I didn't do that either. Although so I wanted Del Taco, I and I do Del like Taco. Del Taco. But so I landed Friday, and it was too early. They weren't open. Okay. They don't do breakfast. So I got to Glen Helen. I was there for a few hours. Uh, ate some food there, and then when it was time to leave, I had to drive back to Hollywood, which is where Amber was walking around doing the, the touristy thing. I was like, dude, I've always wanted to eat at the Rainbow Bar and Grill. It's a famous bar and grill. It's with Guys and Guns N' Roses, Doors, Led Zeppelin, all the rock bands hang out there. It's on Sunset Strip, right up from the Whiskey. Super famous place. That's where Lemmy from Motorhead hung out every night that he was in town. They have his chair still there. It's Lemmy's chair. It's just a famous rock and roll bar and grill. I was like, that's where I want to go. So I, I just waited until I got back in town. We got a reservation, and we went and ate there. That was like 50 bucks for me and Amber. 
Okay, so you go to a famous place, and you did, I mean, did you, like, was it just a single meal? You don't drink, right? No, so you it was, just, drinks it was uh, Amber got some kind of pasta, and I think I got a burger. And it was 50 bucks. Yeah, with tip and everything, it was like 45. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's not terrible no, for it wasn't a famous bad. place. I'll give um, you that. But then, like, Saturday morning, I just grabbed some McDonald's on the way to Glen Helen again. At the track all day. Why it. would you, when you're across the country, why would you ever buy someplace that you could literally bicycle to from your house and get? It was like 6.30 in the morning, and I was just trying to get some breakfast on the way to the track. Like I wasn't, I didn't have time to stop. I'm in a hurry to get to the track. Unacceptable. So I could have, where else am I going to, okay, where would you have gone for breakfast at Del a drive-thru? Taco. I don't know that Del Taco has breakfast. They and, do. And I didn't see, that. this is my one complaint. I think I called you and said I found yes. one thing I don't like about California. In Texas, when you're driving down the interstate, you get a sign a half mile before the exit. It says, next exit, Whataburger, McDonald's, Taco Bell, whatever. Do you know why we have that, right? I'm not done talking, TJ. Okay, go ahead. In California, you drive past the exit, and you see the signs from the building. You're like, oh, shit, there was a fucking restaurant, but I can't get back to it. Go ahead. Why do we do this? The reason why we do that is because we don't give all of our like money that the state makes oh. to like programs. We actually do things good for everybody. So. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I got political. Yeah, I don't know why I had to ruin my fun story with your stupid <laughs> facts or whatever they are. Um, so I just hit McDonald's. Heather fed me pasta at the track. Then when we left that night, when I left that night, I had to, I went to get Amber and yeah. we went and ate at oh we went and ate back. We were staying in Laguna Beach, so we went to Carmelita's, a rex, Mexican mm-hmm. restaurant in Laguna Beach that Paige Craig recommended to me. That was like fifty, sixty bucks. Because everything in Laguna Beach is super, super expensive. Fair enough, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it was good. It wasn't Tex-Mex, but it was California Mexican food. Which is, meh. And then we stayed in Laguna Beach all day Saturday. There's no fast food places in Laguna Beach. Uh, that night, we went down to Dana Point and ate on the water at a steakhouse. That was like 55 60 bucks with t- tip. So you're spending $100 a day on just food. Or more. Oh I was a little frustrated by that last night because I spent a lot of money for that steak, like twice what I would pay for it here at Leon's, which you know is my favorite place, yep. and it wasn't half the fucking steak. But oh, it should have tasted better. It cost more. It, it wasn't. It didn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty expensive. I spent way more this weekend than I had planned on spending. But I, I mean, I spent a lot of money buying stuff for the Amber's girls and just. Little things here and there. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, we got the money right now. Let's just, you know. And So basically this this weekend at Cycle Ranch, you're going to be on a budget? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was hoping I was riding with you. That was what I thought the plan was. <laughs> and then you broke it to me that, no, I'm having to drive myself now. Well, I could. And get a, I got a room, so. Why'd you get a room? Because I don't want to stay in the box band with you and and Kathy and Doc. and Dawkins not going to be there. Just me and Kathy. And Doc's just... not even going? No. Well, that's dumb. Well, and I think I thought Gage was going to go with me now since oh. I wasn't riding with you because I'm trying to get somebody to ride. I was actually hoping to use Gage's van because I don't even trust my van. But uh, and and X Brand's paying for it all, so it's all good. Get, get That's hold not, of JT, he's going. I may do that, but he's going with somebody else too. I think mm, uh, Mark. Oh, really? Yeah, Mark's going. So they they got tickets from somebody. I don't know. They, yeah, they, he hit up Craig Martin. <laughs> but anyway, it was a really expensive weekend. Spent a lot on food. Uh, just spent a lot of money. Period. It, but it was a f- lot of fun. It was it was worth it in the end. I had a blast. But in Amber, we we stayed in a, uh, a Airbnb right on the water yep. in Laguna Beach for ninety five bucks a m- night. 
That's not bad. It's I mean, cheaper it, in a hotel. I about to say for for in right yeah. there on the water. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Not you bad could at hear. All. We just opened the windows. You could hear the waves crashing. That's awesome. Beforehand, Amber was like, "I don't want to stay in an Airbnb. It's like you know, that's somebody else's place." She Afterwards, pictured it as somebody's it. house, and I I showed her the picture and I showed her the outside where that you could see the water. And she goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." She didn't yeah. give a shit what it cost, whose place it was. It was on the water. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're back with our first guest momentarily. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven Juice Trey, I wear Fly you wear Fly Q. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils 
to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Right, we are back. Our first guest of the night is brought to you by Acherby's. For decades, Acherby's has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Acherby's has what you need. Visit acherbysusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Brian hook you up. Let him know that Moto X-Pod show sent you. On the phone with us, Dr. Tim Laskus. How's it going, man? Hey, Dr. It's going well. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, absolutely. I was really, really stoked that you uh, got in touch with me um, because what you do, I think, is really, really important these days in sports. It's something probably in the past that was lacking. But um, talk a little bit about what you do with the on the mental as a mental performance coach. Yeah, um, since 2014, I've I've worked with Club here in South Carolina as uh, the mental performance coach there. And and so what what I do basically is, is work with the riders on the mental side. Yeah. Of you know of racing and and um, you know back in 2014, right before I had uh, you know hooked up with Club Max, I, I was kind of looking around just for places to ride in South Carolina, and I came upon Club Max. I really didn't know much about it, and I I did a little research, and so I, I found out that Brandon Hunt was the owner. So I you know texted him, sent him an email, we set up a old time to talk, and, you know, I, I told him, you know, I used to race way back in the day as, as an amateur, and, yeah. and uh, you know, I had a, had a doctorate in clinical psychology, and I did just a little bit of work with, with the, you know, athlete in, in the past, and, uh, you know, I'd really like to connect, you know, my, my passion for, for motocross with, you know, a lot of my skills, and see if I could do something for, for him and his riders down at Club Max, and so he said, sure, you know, come on down, and and uh, and so you know what I, I told him I said you know let me work with one of one of your guys and and you know I'll do it for a limited number of sessions and I say hey if you like you know I'll do it for free if you like what you you know what you see you know we'll, we'll you know renegotiate and come up with a plan to work together forward if not we'll just part as friends and heck I guess he's liked what I've been doing because I've been there since 2014 and uh, so it, it's been great working with some of the, the top amateur and uh, the pro guys that, that come through Club Max. That's really cool. Hey, that's what I was going to ask this TJ here. Who all like like when you first started? Like who were you working with when you like really got going? And then and, and I got another question on that. As you started working with those guys, what did you learn that the amateur guys or the younger guys needed as they um, progressed? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, unlike, I would say, uh, coaches who are, you know, fitness coaches or riding coaches, where they have a long laundry list or maybe a short list, depending on what they've been doing it, of riders that they work with and that they can kind of, you know, carry around and say, I work with this guy and that guy. My role is a little bit different. I kind of bring it from the clinical world as a clinical psychologist. And the guys that I work with, um, there's a, the confidentiality statement that, that it's, is part of the work that we do. So anybody that I work with, I don't talk about, hey, I've worked with this writer or that writer. And, and the reason that I, I do that is because, you know, these guys share with me some personal information that they 
would share with anyone. Sometimes they didn't even share their, you know, with their friends and family. Yeah. And especially the high profile guys, they they have a small circle of people that they trust. Right. And and so for me to really develop that trust with them and, and have them kind of open up, that confidentiality is really really important. And so they really appreciated that. Sure. So it benefits them. It doesn't benefit me because I can't go out and say I've worked with this guy or that guy or that guy. Now what I can say is that you could look at you know the list of writers that's been through Club MX since 2014, and I've worked not with all of them, I've worked with a lot of them, and that includes the amateur and pro guys. So, well, so, so um, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. And and so it's it's really been just a, a cool thing, and some of those guys kind of whether they're amateur or pro, they they struggle with with some things that are similar, but a lot of times the pro guys have their own kind of issues and own things that they go through um, just by being a pro. And it also depends on where they're at in their pro career, whether they're kind of a new pro, maybe in their first year or two or three, mm-hmm. versus someone who's kind of a little more seasoned, kind of mid-career. And then I've also worked with some of the guys that are kind of on their way out, you know, kind of the you know, last year or two of their career. And so all three of those you know, groups of guys, all of their own pros, they all kind of have some different things that they're, you know, maybe struggling with or need some help with. And so that's really been, you know, and some of the things that I've even learned, you know, by working with them, I didn't really see that coming. I didn't learn until I started working with a lot of different guys, you know, at the highest level to say, oh, this is interesting. Um, but to, to kind of get back, I know you've asked about some of the, the amateur guys, you know, coming up. A lot of those guys are kind of, kind of struggling with anxiety. And I wouldn't say like kind of clinical anxiety, you know, not something they need medication for, but just kind of an anxiousness about their future um, and being able to kind of deal with that. Because a lot of these guys are, are homeschooled. They've been racing for, for years. And they, you know, put, you know, their family's kind of, you know, income and everything into it. And so there's a lot on the line. And they're kind of worried, like, oh my goodness, you know, what if this doesn't pan out? And yeah. that pressure and that anxiety for some of them, it just, it, it holds them back. And you'll see them practice during the week. They just go out and just throw down some crazy laps. And, and you're looking at this guy going, man, if this guy doesn't win, you know, something's up. Yeah. And sometimes they, they go to the big event where, you know, maybe it's, you know, we got uh, many O's coming up soon, or it could be the Lorenz or another big event. And then they just don't perform, you know, at a level that they wanted to, that their family expected them to, and, and maybe even what they thought their, their writing coaches you know, thought they could do. And so that, and then they just, you know, they, they just kind of ride in a completely different level, and they don't even look like the same guy. And so those are some of the guys that I really like to work with and help them to be able to calm down when they get to these big events. And it's just so much on the line. And, they, and sure. their minds start just working overtime like, uh-oh, you know, this this is the big event. i got to perform. i got to perform. They know that, you know, especially with Loretta's, that all the guys are watching. I mean, you've got you know, factor teams that are there looking for the new, you know, prospect, the new up-and-comer. You've got all sponsors that show up they're looking for guys to sponsor and they're like and, and that just really weighs heavily on them and they get out there and they just they just ride completely different how, how do you do, how do you get a track. how do you get a rider 
to get past that because I know a lot of the young kids that we see even here they they ride local races and they go to the bigger races and they don't do as well because of that like you said anxiety what's like a and I know it's not cookie cutter not the same for everybody but what's something that's kind of in common that you can help guide those kids that are listening now yeah one one of the things that's been really helpful for the amateur and the pro guys is is to be able to, to regulate their breathing so you know what goes on mentally impacts us physiologically and vice versa we can have physiological things going on in our body that impact us mentally and so they can drive each other so being able to help them to regulate their breathing has been a really cool skill for many of these guys it helps to calm them down it, it curves it, it calms their, their nervous system their heart rate is, is lowered um, and they end up getting more oxygen to all these different areas of the body that they need to um, and so their reflexes are better, their, their thinking process is better, because they are much calmer. Um, and, and so being able to, to keep them as calm as possible, is, and with just through breathing, yeah. it's been a really, really kind of key tool that I, that I go to with some of these guys. It's, it's kind of like a, a quick, easy fix, but it's one that, that guys will gravitate, gravitate pretty you know, quickly, right. and, and they, they can see the, the difference. Um, almost immediately when they change their level of breathing pattern, um, yeah, they, they can definitely get a lot of benefit. That makes sense. You know, you, you were talking about the amateurs and the pressure, and we've talked to a lot of the up-and-coming kids like Ryder D and Carson Mumford and Jet Reynolds um, about the pressures of, you know, being that age and having a factory team basically having this amateur support um, with your professional background, do you think that maybe a kid that age that's a little too much pressure for a kid to be under, and maybe some maybe the pro age should be moved to eighteen or even older? I mean, what, do you have any opinions on that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know that it should be moved, you know, to an older age. I mean, I think the pressure is always going to be there because yeah. of, of the age. Um, so that that probably wouldn't be a good fit. But. Um, I would just say a lot of these younger riders, they they don't have a lot of people to maybe talk to. You know, it's, it's almost like they kind of have to put on the front, like, you know, I, I got this, I got this, when they don't. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's this kind of this old school, you know, been around forever. It's like, well, I just need to go out. I just need to ride. I need to do it. You know, I need to man up. I need to, you know, perform. And then when they don't, then they really struggle. Like, God. You know, and they just kick themselves. And, and, you know, some of these riders can be their own worst enemies. They, you know, they, they can say more bad stuff about themselves than anybody else would say. And that just doesn't, that, that just makes the situation worse. You know, when they, when they just get, get down on themselves. And then when they hear it, you know, maybe they do hear it from, you know, family or, or anyone else. Like, oh, what, you know, what the heck is wrong with you? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then they start, that kind of reaches that plays in her head and like, oh, I do suck. Yeah. I'm terrible. <laughs> and I was riding like a squid. Yeah. Know, this bike. You know, I shouldn't even be out here. And once they go down that negative road, it, it is difficult to come back. And, and I really, I, I really, really encourage them do not go down that negative road. People have good days and people have bad days. Absolutely. Just, just, just like any professional, any sport. Whether it's football or basketball or motocross, you're going to have good days and have bad days. I mean, nobody's going to be perfect. And, yeah. I, and I help them to kind of reinforce that. That, hey, the most important thing is, is if you're 
you had a bad day, it, it's all about learning. Take this as, okay, this is a learning opportunity. What did I do wrong? How can I improve for the next race? And this is going to make me better. Yeah. So someone with that mindset that approaches a bad day that way versus someone who goes, oh, that was just a squid today. God, <laughs> I, I suck. I shouldn't be out here. They don't learn anything from it. And then they go to the, you know, to the next race and they do the same thing over. And then they just keep hitting themselves over the head you know, with that negative self-talk, and then it just gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to take a positive out of a negative. It's just human nature to dwell on the negative. Hell, we see that on social media. Everything's so negative. So uh-huh. if you have somebody in your corner, somebody like yourself, kind of reminding you of that, I can see where there's a posi- a very big positive influence, um, you know, uh, Oh, I don't know what the word on uh, actions that will come from it afterwards. And um, you, you know, you said you talked about not naming some of the writers that you worked with. But when when I first started emailing, when you emailed me, um, and I kind of started talking about you, kind of asking questions about you, doing some research about you. Zach Osborne reached mm-hmm. out to me uh, and said, you know, he's worked with you and said that it may, you helped him so much. And I know he wants to do a podcast with you uh, at some yeah. point. Um, so, and I could only imagine, I don't know when you came into Zach's career and started helping him, but his career really did take a negative turn at a point in his youth and his early career. He go, went to the GPs, um, and he had to find some positives out of that at some point to turn things around. Um, I don't know if you can talk about working with him. If you want to right now, you may want to save that for when you work with him, but my point of that rant that I just went on or whatever tangent is that he said that he absolutely loves you and what you've done for him. Well, that's cool. And I appreciate that. You know, Zach is such a, he is, he, I mean, he is kind of what you see. I mean, he's just a super nice guy. Um, and he, he's so talented and he always has been. And it's, it's been a pleasure to be able to see him reach his goals. You know, it's, it, Getting that the, the 250 you know championship and then yeah. you know, going to the 450 to see what he's done. I I I really believe my call for this year, not because you know I know Zach, but I really feel that this is going to be a breakout year for Zach. I think it's going to be a Zach and a, and a Adam Santorello where where the guard is going to change. I I see the two of those guys really just kind of taking over and. and they're going to be the guys to be. Man, I hope oh. so. We we talked about that. La- I did the Pulp wrap-up show last night, and that was one of the things that we talked about. Because uh, on Pulp, they one of the questions, I think it was uh, it was either an ex-brand tear-off question or a BTO tweet, and they asked who would do better, Adam Cincirello and Zach Osborne. The guys in the studio gave their opinions. But I think both those guys are going to be right there, and I hope so because, I, I mean, I've been pretty open about Zach being my, my favorite rider now. And I love AC too. So yeah, I think that's the future. Uh, you know, Zach's a little bit older, quote unquote, in our sport, but he's still got some some time left, and he's he's going to do he's going to do some big things. I really believe it. Well, and I think you know him being older is just the I think the maturity um, actually helps him and, and doesn't hurt him. You know, by being older, I think you know him being down with with Alden and just having that the program of of stability and. You know, and, and all of you know, looking after him in every aspect. And I, right. I don't know all program, but just from what I've read, um, you know, and a little bit that I, I've heard, you know, he he's he takes a real scientific approach, and, and you know, he doesn't leave any box unchecked. And so his riders are not only the, the fittest, 
physically, but also you can imagine what that does to their confidence and their mental, you know, game as well. It's like, wow, you know, I'm I'm doing everything, you know, that, that's possible in this, and, and all the keeps me on such a strict program. Yeah. You know, I've got to be confident. I mean, there's there's no way I can live. You know? Right. So I think that I think that's how it really plays out mentally as well. And and, and you know, Zach, one if if you weren't a Zach fan, you know, before the excavations, I mean. Once you hear what happened and how, you know, he went over there just so positive and, and he's a real leader, um, you know, everybody was just like pulling, you know, and, and everyone, you know, felt so bad that they didn't do well. But, but man, you know, Zach is just a real trooper and he's a real leader and, and he's just an all around, you know, great guy. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I, I really think even more, you know, things in, in his future coming. But, um, yeah, it, you've got a lot of guys out there with, with talent. And, and sometimes I, I kind of look at racing as, as kind of like, like a stool that has a couple of legs. And, and the first leg is somebody's going to be good. They have to have good riding ability as far as their, their skills on the track. Being able to jump and scrub and, and start and all that is kind of one leg of the stool. The next is, is having the conditioning and you know, cardio part. you got to be in shape. Also, you got to have pretty good equipment. You know, if, if your equipment is, is off a little bit, these bikes are... And you kind of look at, you know, what happened with Star Racing and the Yamahas and fast they are. You know, you get a good bike, you're a good rider, and you're in good, good top shape. You know, those are three legs of, of almost a winner, and that fourth final leg would be the mental piece. Okay. And and when you when you have all four of those legs strong, when, when you have great riding skills, you're in great shape, you have great equipment, and your mind is right, and that's where Zach is. You, you don't, you're going to be unstoppable. Right. Know, watch out. Yeah. Watch out because once you get, and, and a lot of those guys have a couple of those legs that are out there, but they don't have all four. And, and so, um, it, really, that's kind of how I look at racing. If someone's struggling, you know, I want to look at, well, okay, well, what are your skills on the bike? You know, I'm not a riding coach, but, um, you know, I, I help them evaluate themselves on that and say, well, you know, where do you struggle riding? Um, and then I kind of direct them back over at club. You know, we have a couple of different riding coaches, Brandon, Thompson's and he's one of the riding coaches. Um, we got Mike Evenson and then even uh, Ben Graves does, does some of that. And then we have Joey, who's kind of a fitness trainer, you know, and, and so, you know, I ask the guys about the fitness and, you know, and I talk to the other trainers. And so we make sure that all four of those legs are, are, are really solid. And then they can go out and make them sport. There's nobody that they can't be. But a lot of times they're kind of, you know, they probably end up beating themselves before, you know, they let other people beat them. So. Yeah. I, I like your analogy, and it tells me why I, I'm basically I'm sitting on the floor because I'm a, I don't have any any of those four legs. The uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm just sitting on the floor uh, from now. That's I like that analogy though. Um, hey, I want to step back a little bit. So you you mentioned you have a doctorate in clinical psychology. Where did the interest in that come from? What what drove you in that direction? Uh, was there an event in your life? Or was it just something you've always kind of had interest in? Uh, what took you down that path? Well. It's kind of funny because if you had asked me in high school what I was going to be, I didn't really have an answer. I, mean, I was just I was just racing on the weekends. I didn't care about anything. And I actually graduated at the bottom of my high school class. I mean, literally in the back. I was <laughs> awesome. going nowhere. Yeah. I, I was, I've had you know, teachers tell me back then that, you know, Tim, you're not going to do anything in life. You're just a clown. You're just you know, interested in, in goofing around. And, and, you know, I kind of grew, I grew up. During the time when Beavis and Butthead was around, oh yeah, and, um, and fits TV it. And, 
we, we, know, like me, like, we need a good another co-host. Sound like you fit in perfect yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, like this time, we were kind of, I thought they made that show after us because we were just goofing. We were just laughing. Kentucky kids. And so once, once I graduated high school, again, barely at the back of my high school class, and, and uh, you know, my kind of racing wasn't really doing a lot. And then my dad said, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, you know. And he said, well, you better serve your own if you want to fill it. Oh, he said, you better go out to that community college and sign up. And I said, what? I said, Dad, did you, did you ever see my grades in high school? And did you ever see my rank? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and graduated? Seriously? He's like, what up there? And he's up. And so I went down to the community college. I took some classes. Um, and, and, and I failed some, too. And then it wasn't until I took a psychology class where I really, kind of a long story short, is I, I just found it very interesting. And the instructor who we had, um, I went to her and I said, you know what, I love this. You know, how, how do I make good grades? Because I've never made good. If I made a C, that was like an A to me. And I said, you know, I want to do really well. And she was someone who kind of sat down and, and gave me the tools to be able to study. I did one well in that class and I took that. And I just applied it. And I said, you know what, psychology is something for me. And, and I pulled my grades up, I transferred to another school, and then I ended up transferring to Rutgers University up to New Jersey. And I graduated with you know, on the dean's list. So I went from somebody almost sitting out of high school, graduating at the back, back of high school, uh, to graduating with honors on the dean's list at, at Rutgers University. That's almost unheard of. Yeah, that's, that's I awesome. Tell, I don't tell people this story to brag, but I tell people, it's like, you know what, when you find your passion and you believe in yourself, you can do anything. Because so many people, they, they let their past hold them back. You know, they, they're like, oh, well, I never did anything in school, or well, I never did that, I never had this opportunity, so that's why I won't do it. But that's a load of crap. You know, your, your past doesn't equal your future. Your future equals what you do today. And so I made a decision, it's like, man, I love this stuff in psychology. So that's kind of, you know, it just, it just kind of fed itself. Right. And, you know, you can imagine when I graduated, you know, with, with, with honors that, it just kind of built up my self-esteem, my confidence. I'm like, man, I love this. I need to go further. I started volunteering and uh, day treatment program for adults with you know, serious mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I was doing something for free that I just absolutely loved. I mean, and that's how you know you're passionate about that's, something. Yeah, that's so cool, man. I really like it. And you see that with races, even even guys who are retired, like you went recently to the to the World Vet you know Championships, and you got guys there who. You know, they're not making a lot of money to go out, but they're so passionate yep. about racing. They just want to do it. You know, Absolutely. They, they do it for free. They don't care. Heck I mean, yeah. Of course, you need to make a living, but hey, race for free. Well, I don't care. I'll do it. And that, that's kind of the same thing. You know, when you're passionate about something, you just do it regardless of making any money or not. So that's kind of how, you know, my kind of long story of, of how I got into psychology. And then I went on and got my doctorate, teaching in corporate psychology. And, and the rest is history. <laughs> Well, let's talk about uh, in 2018, you started Coach Wherever, uh, CoachWherever.com. I know that's something that you've got some passion about. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, a lot of it came about because I, I was really getting busy with all the work that I was doing with riders and a lot of riders, individual riders who wanted to work with me. Um, and I just didn't have the time, and, and I felt really bad being able to turn people away. Um, you know, running groups at the club and, you know, working with a lot of riders individually in the evening. And you can imagine my wife was, was not happy. She's like, 
That's coachwherever.com to check out information on that. I've got a couple more things I want to ask you about. Um, I assume you listen to the Pulp Show. You, you said you listen to our show, and I don't think anybody listens to our yeah. show that doesn't listen to the Pulp Show. Um, give me your thoughts on Kiefer's uh, hashtag home life theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I did a lot, but I love what he comes on. He's just he's a ball of energy and he, he's got tons of information about you know the sport itself, and especially about testing. I, I love his his podcast. The, yeah, the Kiefer Testing. Um, but yeah, his his whole life theory is, is pretty cool, and I think there's a lot of merit to it. I, I think he's on the right track because when when people, you know, I think what he says when when the guys are out there chasing you know girls, then they have more time and more energy to focus on, on what's going on with with their their craft, so to speak, and so. You know, if you think about chasing women and, and you, you got, you know, a girl here and there and, you know, it's kind of serious, but it's not. And, and it is always kind of a worry. It can be a distraction. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen it. And, and even thinking back to my days when I was racing just as a crappy amateur having a girlfriend, you know, <laughs> and, and whatever, you know, it impacted me. So, yeah, um, yeah I think having a stable in life certainly could, could definitely help and, and help these guys to, Okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Now I can take whatever percentage of attention I had on this before for chasing girls. Now I can you know, focus it right on racing. I don't have to worry about that. So I think it's a good theory. I think it's holding up. I like it. I always like when Kiefer's right and Steve's wrong. So, yeah, that that <laughs> makes me happy. Um, 
Hey, I, last thing I want to touch on a little bit is I know you uh, you're friends with Mickey Diamond. Mickey um, had you know a pretty serious injury recently, and I think you want to talk about that a little bit. So I'm going to give you uh, give you the place to do it. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not close. I've only you know, spoken to Mickey one time, so I can't even consider myself being a friend. But I okay. did interview him a couple of years ago, and, and uh, he's a super nice guy. I mean, he was one of my heroes growing up, and so for me to be able to interview him was was such an honor. Um, and, and then I was able to, he sent me a couple of signed copies of his book that, that he'd written. Um, and so I just, it, it was just so cool. I've, I've always kind of followed him again, see what he's been doing, what he's been up to, you know, post-racing, even though he never really stopped racing, he just doesn't race motocross yeah. anymore. But um, just like everybody else, I was kind of reading the, the story of how he had a, a road biking accident. I think he was with maybe David Bailey, and he was preparing for maybe a supermoto um, you know, competition somewhere in another country. But, I mean, he was here in the States, I believe, maybe in California, and just training on his road bike. And it kind of like he just he had a really bad crash. He went down. He was wearing his, his helmet, but I think he hit his face. Yeah. And so he, he had a, a severe traumatic brain injury. Um, and, and I've worked with people with traumatic brain injuries, and it, it's and, and no no brain injury is alike. I mean, you could have two different people hit their head in a very similar way and have a different, completely different response of how they recover and any res, you know, residual uh, complications that they have. But I, I just, my heart was just was like, oh my God. And then they said that he had no health insurance, which his medical bills are going to be huge. I think he was going to have to go to an extended kind of treatment center for, for rehab and, and, and who knows what kind of treatment he's going to need. So, you know, I just wanted to encourage everyone, you know, if you've you know, ever followed Mickey Diamond, you've heard of him, you know, and he, this is a time he needs, you know, everyone's help. So probably just throwing a little bit of money to help, you know, pay for some of his medical costs for, uh, what is it, the road to recovery. Road to cur- yeah, road to recovery. Yep. Yeah, would, would be very, very cool. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I, it, it just, it, it was just to hear that, you know, that, that it happened to him. And he, he's such a funny guy. When, when I had interviewed him, a, a quick story about that was uh, you could tell when you're talking to someone over the phone that if they're moving around and they go to a different room, sometimes their voice changes or it kind of sounds like it's echoing. And so I noticed that his voice changed and it sounded like he was like kind of an echo chamber. And then I heard this sound of water. Oh, yeah. And Mickey, Mickey had just walked to the bathroom and started <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just cracking up. Yeah. It's hilarious. And he's like, they're cutting it out. But I think it was so funny. He's just a really easy, cool guy. And uh, so I wish him well. And, and if anybody can go out and donate a little bit to help help his uh, medical bills out, that would be cool. Yeah, Road to Recovery does so much for our sport. So it's so many unfortunate incidences that happen. Uh, in our danger sports. So they're a great, great place to go and support. Um, I would love to, and I don't know if you even be able to answer this. I'd love to get into the, whether you've worked with uh, filthy Phil and some of the issues he has. Um, but I know you can't he, really talk about it, but I can told, only imagine. No, he told him to be angry because that, that's what fuels him. Oh, okay. That, that's what he said, yeah. <laughs> I know Phil spends a lot of time at a club, but I, I can only imagine what a mental coach would say about Phil, but I'm sure we need to leave that one alone. But um, Yeah, well, I, I will say, you know, Phil has not been one of, one of the, the guys that I really worked with. But I can say that. 
although, although some people may say Tom should be working with you. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's not, uh, but I'm telling you, who's even cool is still it's still dad. Oh, I've um, heard. A couple years ago, uh, I, I met his dad at the Atlanta Supercross, and um, and I was talking with Phil, and he was sitting next to his dad, and he said, "Hey, Tim, when did you meet my dad?" And then he got walked away. So I think maybe Phil was just tired of talking to me, and he turned me <laughs> off to his dad. And his dad is super cool. His dad is just like Phil. He just kind of, he, you know, he, he he's a lovable guy. You know, he's kind of rough around the edges, but you can tell he's just got a good heart. Yeah. And, uh, I had the last time talking to Phil, so I think Phil probably wanted to get rid of me and put me off on his back. And I actually, actually backtracked that I like his dad more than I like Phil. There you go. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Well, uh, Dr. Laskis, it is absolutely awesome to talk to you. I I feel like we probably need to get you back on in the near future, maybe halfway through Supercross. We'll talk a little bit about things going on and get into some more stuff because I'm sure you have a plethora of information that we could use. Um, But I really, really appreciate you reaching out to us. Yeah, absolutely. Give some insight, although my opinions aren't worth much. Oh no, they are. Maybe, maybe if somebody calls out, you need somebody last one to give me a call. I'll, I'll be that guy. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much, though, for spending right, some time definitely. with us tonight. Absolutely, take care. All right, you too. All right, that was Doctor Tim Laskis again. CoachWherever.com. Hey, this job security because moto guys are all basket head cases. Yeah, I, mean? I was going to ask him that, but we had gotten into about 30 minutes, and we we need to uh, also touch on the fact that we're going to give away a set of Fly Racing Zone Pro goggles tonight. Yeah. We didn't talk about that in the intro. You wanted to do something on Instagram, but we never actually came up with anything. So if you have something, let's talk about it now. If not, we'll talk about it at the next interview. Next interview. I'll think of it. Well, okay, we'll think about then. it. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll be back with Sean Brennan from Feld. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to Shock Socks. Dot com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Dark Side, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP Authorized Service Center 
and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Power Band Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy's voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner. Or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W E R X at gmail.com. Okay. That's better. Not good, but better. All right. We are back. And our next guest of the night is brought to you by Williams Moto Works. If you need power, then you need Williams Moto Works. If you want a complete power package from cams, porting, transmission to ECU, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414 414- Four six seven six one nine nine, and follow them on Instagram at Cam Designer. And on the phone with us from Failed Entertainment, our buddy Sean Brennan. What's up, Sean? Hello, hello. How are you, gentlemen? Uh, well, I'm doing really well. I'm really, really excited because we are getting so, so close to a one. But before we get into that, I have to apologize to you. Oh boy, for what? Well, at Not having a cheese plate here in the green room. No, at Monster Energy Cup, I wasn't there, and I sent TJ, and that's really it. I have to apologize. <laughs> well, I was wondering, you know, what 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 happened? Was uh, what what happened? It was a hundred percent like my fault because such it was such a last minute deal that whenever I rushed to get everything loaded up for because my son raced the the futures the day after, I yep, loaded everything yep. up and I forgot uh, about half of my camera equipment. And I was, <laughs> That's not even what I was apologizing. I was just apologizing because you were there. Just for me being there yeah. is what he's saying. So it it was a it is a learning experience. I mean honestly it's I mean you talk to the, you hear all these guys like Darkside and Steve and these guys who talk to all the to the Steve, writers. Steve who? I don't, who's that? Yeah, exactly. But the guys who get these interviews, and it's not as easy just to cold walk up to some of these guys. I knew some of them, so I got some good interviews with the guys <laughs> I knew. But the other guys, they're just looking at me like, uh, who? And then, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, it's it's yeah. not as no, easy it's... as what everybody thinks it is just to cold walk up to somebody and start asking them questions about how their race was. <laughs> No, it really isn't. It really isn't. But, you know, just rewinding just a minute from that, you know, why, Jamie, so, or why, why weren't you there? Why was this race not on your radar? Well, oh, it was on my radar. with that right there. It was on my radar. Um, unfortunately, our budget had pretty much been spent <laughs> for the year because we are still a relatively new show. And, uh, okay. All right, and, and I was, fair enough. And I was going to be there anyways because yeah. of, okay. of having to go to race that Supercross Futures deal, yep. and it just kind of fell in yeah. place. Yep. So Friday morning or so, I think it was, TJ's like, hey, uh, could you could you get me passes? 
It's like, dude, it's freaking, you know how busy Sean is right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. as always, Sean yeah. comes through for you us. Were, you were texting me as we were, well, that morning, I mean, we were putting together the, the live stream, so we did <laughs> oh, yeah. the live stream media event, Yeah, and, you know, I am literally, you know, orchestrating that entire thing, you yeah. know, so from, you know, Ralph, we need you here, here's the script, Ricky, you're going to be here uh, coordinating with the teams. Hey, we need Tim Geyser up here at this time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have time to look at my phone. Right. Long, you know, and you're like, man, Sean, aren't you just sitting in the press box? I should have just like, no, not really. <laughs> I should have just told TJ. No, he said no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It probably would have been better for everybody. Yeah. Well, it would have been easier for all of us. That's right. For sure. Well, as I always <laughs> tell you face to face and on this show, we appreciate you more than, you know, because, I we are we have no delusions that we are on the level of a Weege or a Mathis or uh, you know some of those other guys and you always take care of us um and you you know you're you're fantastic at media relations and everything you do everything on that end runs very very smooth so thank you from the bottom of our hearts before we even get going You are welcome and you know it's really important to you know we'll talk about you know, Supercross Futures, and we talk a lot about, you know, with pro racing, you know, obviously the 250 class and Supercross and, you know, bumping up Adam, you know, Cincerillo, jumping yeah. up, you know, now he's got 17 races this year. You know, there's a huge, big step up in, you know, that developmental curve. And, you know, to me, it's as important almost, you know, I mean, obviously we have to have racers doing what they do, but we have to have journalists, we have to have media people, we have to have photographers and videographers, and it's as important to me to, you know, help develop, you know, these young guns that are out there trying to learn the ropes, you know, and your show is, you know, um, I wouldn't put you in the young guns category, <laughs> you know, from, from a student standpoint, right. you know, because we do work with, you know, a lot of students, but... Yeah, you guys are putting all the blood, the sweat, and the tears, and the investment, and the hard-earned dollars to get to races, and, and all of that. So, you know, I recognize your hard work, and certainly want to uh, to support that, because... Well, thank you. It, it, you know, I think it's interesting. They, you know, the beat writers for NASCAR, as still, you know, and NASCAR is still huge. Of course. Um, I think motorsports has, you know, sort of an issue with... Uh, you know, the negativity on social media, no matter how good things are going, you know, there's still the negativity out there. And NASCAR, you know, they they had, I think, three, they're down to three uh, full-time motorsports writers, you know, uh, that follow, you know, the series each and every week. And I'm like, wow, we've got at least twice that many. Yeah. So Supercross has, you know, at least twice as many as NASCAR. Call them beat writers, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, you know, Jason and Steve and Anton. you guys, and yeah, man, Anton guy, and guy Swapoto, B. Don, yep. Guy B. These guys are all at every race, yep. and that is, you know, I hope that never changes. So. You know, back to media relations, you know, it's very important that, you know, these guys are, all of you are taken care of in the right way so you can do your job uh, and do it well. And at the end of the day, hopefully we all have, you know, a good experience doing what we love. 
Yeah, well, you always, like I said, make sure we have what we need, whether it be passes or you know press box access uh, with a well with a Van Halen related password at some point. So that's always cool. Uh, you know, just leave it at that. Yeah, yep, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, but um, you definitely always you know take care of us and you take care of some of the the people that are trying to you know even like start us starting out two years ago or Taylor yep. Hyman Taylor Hyman kind of doing yep. her thing and. Uh, it's yep. it's really cool to to see what you guys do and how much um, you've allowed us to be a part of it. Um, I'd like to talk about 2019 just a little bit. A uh, big big year for Feld with the Supercross Futures, um, the 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 Monster Energy Cup, the way you change things up this year. But I'd like to talk about Supercross Futures just for a minute. Um, how was that for Feld? You know, the bottom line, the end of the year. How how did the uh, the upper management feel about that program? They love it. They're 100% in support of it, and you know the whole the whole reason we have it is to help develop, you know, young racers. And it's really that simple. Um, you know, people, you know, when we release the schedule, you know, it's it's hard to you know keep 100% of the people happy 100% of the time. You know, but now you know not only are you booking stadiums that is much more difficult to book. Uh, you need it for the entire week. Right. Uh, we load in on Monday. So, you know, we're already talking, you know, to the new stadium in, in Las Vegas. That's been a large, you know, topic of discussion. And, you know, we'll be in that stadium. But, you know, those conversations begin years out. You know, oh, yeah. building the building. But, you know, it is much, much more difficult you know, to book these, uh, it's usually done years in advance. And not, not only, you know, are we a week out, but now we need Sunday as well. So we're not right. going to be laid out until Monday. So now we're going into an entire different week. Yep. And if you have weather like we have had in some locations, you know, especially in 19, oh my goodness, I think it rained every West Coast and just about every non-dome stadium More we snowed. were in. Yeah, and that just, that you know, that, that cleanup, you know, because we, you know, our goal is to leave that stadium as clean and or even in better shape, you know, when we leave uh, than when we found it. So, you know, back to your point, yeah, you know, booking, you know, a stadium for a whole other day, I mean, my goodness, you know, that experience is, yes, of course, certainly designed for, you know, the young stars of the sport, you know, the Jet Lawrences and uh, the Evan Ferries, and we're always going to have the fast kids, and they need to have that developmental, you know, platform. But as important, you know, it's Dark Side and Sean Brennan showing up with their bike and having that experience to, man, I can go racing, you know, at AT&T Stadium. This is crazy. Wait a minute. Did, wow. I, just, did I just hear a challenge? Uh, maybe. <laughs> All right, it's done. Dallas, Texas, this year. Sean Brennan, Dark Side. It's done. That's it. You got to do two laps. I only have to do one. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, you're right, though. You know, we just we 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 you know we crowned 24 champions on Monday. Yep. You know, gave everybody you know uh, Sunday to get familiar with the class and familiar with the track. You know and. You know, of course, there were, you know, some surprises. But to me, you know, one of the biggest surprises is a guy like Michael Mercer. You know, no, nobody knows who Michael Mercer is, right? right do you guys yeah. know who Michael Mercer is? I do not. 
and he's a beast. He took home, <laughs> he took home two national championships, and I think that is absolutely amazing, uh, and that is a storyline that, you know, I just think is so cool. You're going to obviously have your Kelana Humphreys and your Casey Cochran's and things like that, but... You know, Michael Mercer, you know, he's working, you know, Monday through Friday. And, you know, he's still able to come out there and have a platform, you know, to show the world, number one, how good he is. But, two, you know, he's not out there, you know, he's not looking for a ride, you know, to, <laughs> right. to compete with Eli. You sure, know? sure. Yeah, that's so, awesome. That's, uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of buddies that ran the, uh, you know, some of the, the vet right classes and everybody had a great time. Uh, you know, and like you said, it's, you can't make everybody happy all the time. There's always going to be the negativity. I mean, I wish you guys were coming to Houston this year. Um, you know, hopefully it'll be back at some point, but, uh, mm -hmm. you, I, I understand the like moving around is also a good thing, hitting different markets and yep. giving everybody, cause you know, everybody, you can't have a race in all 50 states. It's impossible, but to maybe move around yeah. and give everybody a chance to get to a race. Uh, it, it's, it's, nobody realizes all the, the red tape and the things that go beyond behind the scenes. Like you talked about, like trying to book stadiums years out, uh, the, the dirt works crew staying, you know, being there, at, I don't know what time in the morning they get there to start. And then they don't leave till the next morning. And they, they're there yep. busting their butts. And then all you get is people, not all you get, but you get a lot of people going, oh, the track sucked. Why was it like this? Why was it th this way? Yep. And, you know, you, yep. you don't take into account all the behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't see. Yep, yep, and there is a ton. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. a ton. <laughs> so I got a question. Speaking of yep. um, people complaining and all that kind of stuff, I'm looking at the sport a little different now as my son's working on turning pro as a privateer. And you hear a lot of people talk about the way that the map lays out across the across the country, going from stadium to stadium, and and I'm not trying to put you or anybody on blast, but a lot of people ask, and we never get an answer about that. It, what causes that? Is that because of stadium booking, or or whatever reason where you have guys have to go from one side of the country, then to the other, and then back? Because you hear it all the time how hard that is on the privateers. You do. And, you know, the first thing I would remind folks of is that we have 16 trucks that, you know, that mm -hmm. are, are ours that also have to make that trip. So from a business standpoint and from a being selfish standpoint, if it was that easy, we certainly wouldn't be putting ourselves <laughs> through that either. Never thought of that. I yeah. never thought yeah, of that. That makes sense. <laughs> the, wow. See, that, that's a, that's, that's why, why you get paid to do what you do. That's why we ask the questions because <laughs> I've never thought about that. Right. No, so we're, we're selfish and we're thinking of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I, it, it, yeah, you know, and, and we certainly do. I mean, my goodness, you know, the privateers, I love the privateers. We support the privateers. Um, <clears throat> I don't even really like using that term, privateers, because these guys have as much heart and grit uh, is, is, is anybody, you know, but yeah, you know, the problem with, uh, with St. Louis is we, I, you know, ideally wanted to go to Glendale, but Glendale, you know, are not going to bet against their, you know, Cardinals not making the playoffs, you know? So ideally we would have went from Anaheim to, to Glendale and then back to Anaheim, but Cardinal stadium was not available. Wow. And that's really just the simple, 
you know, um, idea of it. So, okay, Cardinal yeah. Stadium, we can't go there. Where else can we go? And, you know, fortunately, we were, you know, we had an opening and we had a hold, you know, on St. Louis. But, you know, again, when you're getting into three and five years out, it's not like uh, you have a ton of options in the amount of time that we need to put that schedule together, you know? Well, the Cardinals should have had more faith in my 49ers because, (laughs) yeah, that's, that's what's going down right there. They should, That's yeah. right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, all right. Well, let's talk. I, about... I hope that answers your question. Yes. You know, I mean, I just yeah, you yeah. Know, I think that you know, from a pure business sense, if it was all about the business, right? We certainly would not be doing that. I mean, even me, I <laughs> I started booking my travel today for for the season, which is absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, so when you're you know first saying. You know, boy, Anaheim's right around the corner. It's like, wow, I know. I booked my my flights today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Doubt. I got to get on that myself. But even for me and even for all of the staff, you know, that flies and travels in every week, you know, I'm thinking, okay, because <clears throat> I'm the first one in. I fly usually on, usually on Wednesdays. We start our PR early in the week, Wednesday, and I fly home on Sundays. Now, with Supercross Futures, I am going to be staying through Sunday and coming home Monday. So I fly home back to Tampa. I've got a day to wash clothes. (laughs) And then Wednesday, I'm flying to St. Louis. And I'm thinking to myself, man, should I just fly directly to St. Louis? (laughs) Right, right, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Then go all the way back to Anaheim? (laughs) Right, right. So yeah. yeah, if if it was easy and if if it was you know selfish reasons, believe me, we would not be putting ourselves through the the same you know type of schedule. So this year it just you know it worked out that way. But you know we're always going to have those types of scheduling you know conflicts uh, because we are dealing with America's premier stadiums, and that is you know I think that's one thing that. You know, some people sometimes forget, but we're at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. We're at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. These are some of the finest venues, not only in America, but in the world. Right. Well, well, like I said, and the reason why I ask is because you hear the other side, the complaining side or whatever all the time. We've never heard anybody come out with, Here's the reason why. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you put it in perspective when you said, we're a business. We have to take these trucks all over. We wouldn't do that if it was yeah. just because. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Yep. It's not because it's fun yep. for us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's talk a bit just briefly about Monster Energy Cup. Um, that's a huge event for you guys. You try to, you know, every year you're trying to, you know, do something a little more special, change it up. So it's always exciting. This year we had the three different track designs in different directions. Um, how do you guys, you know, do you have a team of people that just kind of throw ideas in a bucket and you, you, you kind of pick the best ones or how do we decide, how do we improve it every year? They just get, they just get Ricky nice and drunk and just do whatever he says. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're already working on, you know, MEC 2022. So oh, yeah, right. you put all those ideas. No, I'm, I'm kidding. When do we get well, the loop? We, we are. We, we really, you know, we really do work three to five years out, right. uh, not only with the series, but with Monster Energy Cup as well. Um, but no, back to you, to what you said, yeah, there is a pool of people, you know, obviously Ricky is, is very involved in the process, 
uh, Dave Prater, Mike Muey, uh, Tim Fenn, uh, a lot of people on the operational side, uh, Todd Gendro, uh, of course, Nicole Feld. Uh, so there's a lot of ideas that are out there. Everything, you know, certainly the Dirtworks guys when it comes to, you know, the different types of tracks. Uh, we run things by them, but, but also the athletes and the teams. So, you know, sometimes, you know, a team or an athlete, you know, may get a random question and not know really what the overall purpose is <laughs> until right. they see it. You know, ah, that's what that was about. Yeah. Um, but, but no, you know, we do, it's a very important race for us. We think it's a very important race for, uh, <clears throat> you know, for the fans in the off season, uh, as well as for the teams and the athletes and, you know, I was just asked recently, you know, do you see the Monster Energy Cup as the end to 19, or do you see it as a preview for 2020? And I think it's an interesting question, and, you know, the way that we've always positioned it, and it still is, I mean, it's really our all-star event. That is our all-star event. Unlike other sports, we can't stop in the middle of our season and take a week off and have an exhibition race. We yeah. just can't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, baseball, they can do it, you know, around the 4th of July holiday and take the week off. The NHL can do the same thing. We're more in line with the NFL, you know, being that we are a physical sport as well. And, you know, that's what the Pro Bowl is for them. So the Monster Energy Cup to us is the same exact thing as the Pro Bowl is to the NFL. Um, Good analogy. But at the same time, yeah, and at the same time, you know, it is. It's completely a preview of the next season. Uh, you know, we go through our free agency period, and, you know, everybody is, you know, hopefully aligned with a new team. Uh, so all the teams are have their new bikes and graphics and gear and, you know, hopefully the riders sign. So it is certainly a nod and, you know, a great preview for the upcoming season as well. So it's almost both. But the way we really, you know, position it is that this is our all-star event. That's why it commands a million-dollar purse. It's still the biggest purse in motorcycle racing. Uh, and why we always try to do something a little bit different, you know, to make it challenging uh, for the athletes, keep it fun and interesting for the athletes, uh, but also make it something different, you know, for mm -hmm. the fans to look forward to as well. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, talk about 2020 just for a minute. Um, you know, what what is there anything new, anything special you can talk about that's, uh, that we can look for in 2020? You know, we're working on a few things uh, that we're not ready to announce. Okay. Uh, but, you know, our, our goal is 100%, you know, growing this sport. And we do a lot of things uh, that sometimes, you know, isn't necessarily picked up by the media. Sometimes it's not, you know, picked up entirely by, by all of the fans. But, you know, we are an experiential company. You know, we're in the, the, the business of, of selling tickets and providing entertainment, you know, for for all of our brands. And certainly, you know, Supercross from a fan experience, you know, falls in that. People are putting their hard-earned hard money down to buy a ticket and come to a race. And certainly they want to see, you know, excellent racing, great competition on on the track, Hopefully, you know, get up close, you know, to Eli and Ken and Marvin yep. and Cooper and Jason and have that, you know, one-to-one -one interaction time. 
Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of amenities that we continually try to improve upon from the overall experience. Um, I'm not sure if you guys, uh, like at the, the Monster Energy Cup, we had a Hall of Fame uh, ride entrance into the stadium. Yeah. So all of the riders were on a red carpet, <laughs> and that is how they went to and from the stadium. And all of that is designed, again, to give fans more interactivity and in being up close with the athletes. That was something that they didn't show very well on like the TV stuff that that I watched, you know, but having the like being there and seeing it, it was really cool and you could tell that a lot of the like the spectators that were there in person really liked it. Cause mm-hmm. A lot of guys were not only were they hanging out there during that, but then they also had a place to sit down and relax and then yes. watch the yes. riders come by oh, and the cool. riders Yes. A lot of the riders seem to like it, to have that grand entrance. Yes, yes. Well, and I'm glad that you, you just mentioned that because that is really the entire point is that fan experience and having a place to sit down, you know, having something cold to drink, having, you know, fans on you. There's a huge LED screen there so you can watch the racing from those points. Uh, you can charge your phone. You can be comfortable. Cool. And some of the things that we are um, enhancing in FanFest are along those lines. So we've got some really cool things that you're going to see in the paddock this year uh, that are along those lines and just really trying to, you know, give the fans and get the fans closer to our athletes. I, I will say, too, and it, it maybe I just – didn't pay attention before as much, but it really stood out at the Monster Cup for people who are listening to want to go there. There was so much going on in the pits. They had they probably had yep. more they probably had more dirt in the pits than they had oh, yeah, on the, the track. Yep, I mean, yeah. because they yep. had the huge freestyle like dirt landings. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They had the the yep. sections where guys were riding like pump bikes and just I mean like like pedal. It was. Yeah, I, I was kind of blown away by how much work that y'all put into that fan fest. Do you have somebody that's over that? Who runs that? No, nope, just thing? does it by itself. He TJ. just does it all. He yep. just does it all. It just does it. <laughs> yeah, it just happens. Do it all. <laughs> it is a team effort, but there is a person over uh, the entire paddock. Her name is Lindsay Alkire, and she is a she is a beast. So she and I, I mean that she is wow she is yeah. one of the the, the strongest worth ethics of anybody I know. So, but yeah, she is our paddock manager. Um, but it is a collective effort on you know putting these things you know together. Yeah, Monster Energy always has different ideas. Uh, a lot of our other partners you know have different ideas. And anything from you know a partner standpoint, you know we we obviously you know, bring to fruition. Uh, the Toyota, you know, the BMX uh, Triple Challenge will have three events next year where there, you know, will be <clears throat> be a purse for these BMXers. Uh, most of them will also be on their road to the 2020 uh, Tokyo Olympics. So yeah, yeah. things like that with the BMX, you know, Triple Challenge, you know, yeah. the Monster Energy Cup, we had BMX and we had FMX, so we had freestyle as well. Uh, but we also did a Husqvarna uh, e-motorcycle launch where we had, uh, you talk about dirt, we had an entire dirt track uh, back in the Husky, you know, paddock where, you know, the kids could, they had 
little little screaming racers that were able <laughs> to demonstrate those motorcycles back there, which were absolutely amazing. Um, so, so yeah, for next year, you're going to see even more changes uh, to SanFest. And I like to remind people that, you know, you know, we used to call it for years and years, you know, in the industry, it's, you know, known as the paddock. Uh, it was called or referred to as a pit party for many years. Yep. Uh, but we returned that fan fest because it's really a festival for the fans. And that's really what we're trying to, you know, get across to people is that this is an all-day experience. You know, you can, you know, come and if you are into the diehard racing, you can go inside the stadium and you can watch all the cra- all the qualifying, all the practice, or you can hang out out back, get autographs, check out other things, you know, demo a bike. You know, we still still will have you know the Honda Learn to Ride uh, will be at many of our stops next year. The Kawasaki Z World uh, will be at a lot of destinations mm-hmm. next year. But yeah, to your point. You know, I like to call it 14 acres of fun, <laughs> right. and that's really what SanFest yeah. is. And yeah. I mean, we have literally, you know, taped it that, you know, in some of those footprints, we are on 14 acres. Yeah. That is huge. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you talk about, it, like, now that I'm quote-unquote media, all the stuff going on, like, I find myself... TJ Swat witnessed it where I'm like losing my mind almost. I'm like, Oh, I got to go do this interview, but I want to go see the fly racing uh, live show, but I want to go in and watch qualifying, but I want to go see this thing. And Oh, there's a band playing at Vegas. Oh my God. I cannot do it all. It's crazy. Um, I want to touch on a couple things you just mentioned with the fan experience, uh, the fan fest, uh, Daniel Blair on his show on main event mentioned that, and hopefully this isn't blowing anything out, but he's already talked about it, that race day live may be back in the pits this year. Is that right? That is absolutely right. Yes. So that's one more thing that fans can go and sit and do and watch, uh, you know, Hollywood Holly and some guy named Daniel Blair talk to superstars of the sport. And you could wave your hands and probably be in the background on the camera. Um, I love that that's happening because I remember, you know, years ago seeing that stuff going on and they would do, you know, you could get involved a little bit. You could kind of yell at them and they can't hear you, but it's still, you're, you feel like you're involved. Yep. Yep. No, it, it's something that we have been, you know, toying with and we have done, you know, and, and kind of to go back a little bit, you know, to the monster energy cup, mm-hmm. you know, you were saying how, you know, the red carpet and the Hall of Fame for the riders, you know, we test a lot of things at the Monster Energy Cup. So, you know, until we are 100% have, you know, the, the, the kinks worked out, you know, you'll, you'll see that more on TV next year. You'll see it more in the Race Day Live next year, you know, after we get to tip the kinks out. And not that there were any kinks. Right. Uh, but you yeah. mentioned that you didn't really see much about it, and that's the reason you know, we, we test things out, yeah, and, yeah. you know, once yeah. we're ready to fully blow it out, then, <laughs> you know, we'll be featuring it more. So, <clears throat> you know, Race Day Live, you know, being outside and having the fans up close is something that we have been able to do uh, at a few destinations. Uh, we've done that in Vegas uh, before. We've done it at the Monster Energy Cup as well as the finals. Um, so wherever, uh, you know, we can be and do it, outside where where it makes sense uh we have certainly tried it and we love the format uh again you know that energy and just that energy from the fans i mean you can't it's fantastic so 
Yeah, that is something that's, you know, and, and what we're working on is the presentations. Yeah. So where to put it, how to put it, where things are going to be, where it's going to live within the footprint. Makes uh, sense. But I've seen, yeah, I've seen a lot of artwork, and I tell you, I'm just amazed. I mean, cool. you know, it, it's going to be really neat. It's going to be neat for media as well. Yep. I just dropped that yep. little nugget for you, but it's going to be really cool for media as well. Awesome. Uh, and you mentioned the BMX thing. They they had the freestyle. I don't the ter- jumps the, the the triple crown. I can't remember what they called their series, but I saw it at Denver. I saw it at Dallas. The guys doing the dirt jumps on the BMX bikes. That was really cool. It's hard not to just sit there and watch those guys in awe. Um, but you yep. mentioned that some of those guys are kind of going, you know, towards the Olympics. Um, have you guys reached out to Connor Fields, the, our, our U.S.'s BMX gold medalist, because he's a huge motocross fan. Yes, yes. Um, I haven't directly, but I am sure that yes, our global our global yeah. team has been in touch and or you know someone from the operations team. I mean, yeah, no, a big fan of Connor yep. and uh, what he brings to the sport. Uh, I know that he's a huge Supercross fan, yeah. so you know, absolutely would love to have uh, have him involved for sure. Awesome, yeah, he's a good dude, and he, he's sponsored by Fly yep. Racing, who was one of the sponsors of Supercross, yep. so. Yeah, that's a good yep. little tie-in. What TJ, you had something? Yeah. Also, you're talking about testing stuff. I talked to a lot of people at the um, Monster Cup about the Cardo uh, communications stuff, and got yep. a, I mean, pretty much almost completely full around the board. Like everybody Positive. loves it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and I know you're y'all are failed. You're not AMA. You're not FIM. <laughs> you have all these sanctioning bodies. So when y'all are like testing changes out like that, and you want to do that. What do y'all have to go through to work with the AMA or the FIM to get stuff like that legal, which they right now don't allow? Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> from sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like it's a touchy a subject. Things, yeah, a lot of these things, you know, are, are time. Sure, you know? and and it, it's you know, like anything else, you got to work out, you know, years ahead of time, you know, so it's almost a conditioning, it's almost a conditioning, you know, or like this original idea, you know, and and I'm not exactly sure when it was proposed, but, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't three years ago or five years ago, (laughs) so, (laughs) you know, you know, Dave Prater and, you you know, right, you got to massage it, right, exactly. So, but, you know, once you get an idea to the testing phase, you know, because the, the teams have a big, big say, the manufacturers have a big say in, you know, all of these things. So safety, of course, is going to be the number one, you know, thing. And, you know, you certainly don't want an athlete distracted, you know, not that, you know, a team manager or whoever would be in his ear would be distracting. So, you know, one, you want to make sure that it's safe and it's safe for the riders, you know, for our, and then, you know, obviously, is it enhancing their racing, you know? Uh, secondly, from a competitive standpoint, you know, you got to make it available to everybody. But, you know, back to the fan experience, you know, how amazing would it be for a fan? You know, I mean, NASCAR has been doing this for years, so it's not a, you know, new idea, but it certainly is new to our sport. But if you could listen in, you know, with yeah. uh, with Ken Roxon and his, 
you know, and his mechanic and what they're talking about while he's out there racing. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of times that there isn't a lot, you know, (laughs) but, you know, it's new. So, you know, even riders, you know, where they might have, you know, nothing going through coming out of their mouth, but certainly there's a lot in their head. You might not hear anything, but... (laughs) You know, it's kind of interesting to see where that could go again from a fan experience. Absolutely. And just being engaged in the sport. And that's, you know, part of the overarching. Everything that we're trying to do is engaging with the sport, giving the fans more touch points to engage with the sport, uh, and, and continue to find ways to develop and grow it. Absolutely. So, I, I'm super excited about the, all the positivity that came out of that at Monster Cup. Uh, Jamie yep. Cheek, their their head, you know head guy in North America is a good buddy of mine, uh, and yep. I, th- I think down the road, based off everything we heard from Tony Alessi to uh, Benny Bloss and all the the privateers, they loved it. So I think eventually it's going to be another bonus to the sport of Supercross, and like you said, it will eventually give fans more access where they can listen to their favorite rider just like they do in NASCAR, yep. and you yep. know it's yeah it's just one more bonus. I don't see any doubt negatives towards it. Um, so yeah, fantastic. I love the fact that it's it's happening. You know, we see that we could see these little steps of growth every year. Yes, yes, and I'm glad that you say that, and I'm glad that you're seeing it because you know there is you know I mean we have countless you know <laughs> naysayers. I'm not a meeting guy, but we have a ton of meetings. Oh. You know, and you yeah. have to because sure. there are so many different aspects you know of this sport and you want to get everything done now you know but it's you know it's sometimes it's baby steps but no i'm glad that you're seeing it and that you recognize it and you know know that uh you know put a face behind the scenes sometimes you know you hear feld 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 yeah remember that you know feld is not you know, Gotham, you know, <laughs> Feld is not, um, you know, big, you know, corporation, you know, Feld is me. Feld is Dave Prater. Feld is Mike Mewey. You know, Feld is Lindsay Alkier, who I just talked about, you know, being the first one there and working her butt off, you know, whether it's, you know, minus 10 degrees in Minneapolis or yep. it's 101 in Vegas, the job still needs to get done. And we're all out there with smiles on our face doing the work. And, you know, that's what I would just ask, you know, ask people. And, you know, I I say that a lot, you know, because I, you know, people like to just refer it, you know, Feld, Feld, Feld. Well, Feld is me. Put, you know, you go to work, you work for somebody, you work your butt off. Both of you guys go to work and do your thing. Well, it's the same with all of us as well. Yeah, and I want to say, I've been, you know, brown nosing and kissing your butt a little bit all all this episode, talking about how much I appreciate you do. But the fact is, um, I'm not a negative person, first of all. But every experience I've had dealing with Feld, from Aaron Berge, our our Texas uh, representative of Feld to begin with, yep. meeting yep. you, uh, Courtney and the girls in Will Call, like you say, when it's yep. 13 degrees outside and people are mad that their passes aren't there, and she's just yep. smiling and doing her best. Um, everything you guys have done for us that I've seen, I, I, I think it's fantastic. And that's why we try to take donuts to the girls at every round we're at. And, and, uh, <laughs> we are beyond appreciative, appreciative of what 
yourself and Feld has done for us. And the sport. Yeah, and the sport. Um, it means it means a lot. And you coming on here tonight when I know that you're not just sitting around waiting for A1, you're extremely busy. It means it means a lot to us. It really does. <laughs> you are welcome. No, I appreciate it, guys. Always a pleasure to yep. to chat with you. And, uh, and, yeah, I love seeing you at the races. So, yeah, whoever I can support you guys, you know, <laughs> let me know. Will do. Well, I'll see you at A1. I'll be uh, applying for some – for some passes here soon once we figure out what rounds we'll make and uh, we'll be seeing you definitely at a one i'll be there for sure fantastic i have a question for you do it so what about we both have a, a history of music yeah um what about what about including like bands and artists and music into your show and tell me in what way because we we the, what do you what do you mean there are a ton of artists that are Supercross fans. Okay. You know, and, and the music business is, you know, I would say as difficult as ours is, you know. Yeah. In looking for outlets. Um, so, no, I just see a huge crossover with music, new music. I would love to music, do that. music, and your fans uh, with interviews, behind yeah. the scenes, playing some music in between stuff. Yep. Man, you can, you can, you can be do- debuting new material. Who I else would, would it be best to come from? Yeah, the I dark would, side? I would love to do that. We've, <laughs> I've done music shows. I did a whole music show, uh, with Chris Kiefer recently, just talking about music. And then Mathis does, yep. he does some music pods with the riders. I would love to yep. do that. I, I got to say, right, right now, I'm sitting across <laughs> the table from him, and I'm glad I'm on this side because he's super turned on right now. I'm uh, just saying. <laughs> yeah. And I love art. I love art. So I would be all about that. You know, typically, I do play music at the beginning of our show, and, you know, you get yep, copyright yep. issues. So I just play a bunch of uh, Daniel Blair's main event band's music because that way I don't get in nice. trouble. So, yeah, yep. we could get some access to some, to new, some new bands that want to – I would love to talk to some of those guys. We'll have to talk off air, and you maybe you can help me uh, get yep. in touch with some of these people. Yep, no, that would be a lot of fun. I think Absolutely. that music is missing from the moto culture in oh, a way. Yeah. You yeah. know, it is, yeah. well, uh, yeah, no, not in a way. It's just it's missing, you know, and uh, I think that, my goodness, the two of them go, I mean, Dirt Bikes and Music, are you kidding me? They've always been a marriage made in heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love it, man. You think back to the old Triple Moto X, Triple Moto yeah. X days and the yep. Krusty yep. Demons and all the music of that generation. Yep. Yeah, that you're right. Uh, so I love it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. All right, Sean. All right. Thank we'll you. We'll talk offline. Guys, yep. thank you so much, man. Okay, thank you so much. Right, Have talk, a good night. You too. Bye, man. See ya. Sean Brennan with Feld. Dude, Are you about to say something? Oh, no, I love the idea of the music thing. It just yeah. brought me to the fact that we, like, you shared it on our Instagram about Dylan Lunsford made that video for my son, and we, yes. we shared it out there for him. He did a great job. But if anybody turns the sound on and listen, it's not the same old, like, new rap that a lot of people <laughs> don't like. It's, like, different music and, and you know, something different. And it's, and I think he's right about that because, um, I never thought about it until he brought it up, but like you, yeah, Moto Triple X, music guy, yeah, I'm so, not a big yeah. music guy, but Moto Triple X or the Krusty Demons and, back yeah. in the day or yeah, all yeah. that stuff was music was a big part of that yeah. crowd. So 
Some pen, think, we get some Pennywise. And I all think that he stuff. just made a whole other segment we can do on the show. <laughs> I know. I love it. I just yeah. texted him like, we got to make that happen. <laughs> okay. Did you come up with a way to give away these Fly Racing Zone Pro goggles? Uh, I was really into this. I was, I was zoned You're in on this. You're the worst freaking producer <laughs> on the planet. Travis Marks. I used to be. Listen, Travis Marks would have screened calls, yes. played Excite Bike, got the contest going, hit two yes. or three drops. Yes. You're sitting on the other side of the table from the board. I am. I, I I think I'm I'm terribly like I I used to be like a way more involved and then my job has pulled me away and then when I come yeah. here I think I kind of half-ass in it sometimes. Um, Sorry. But okay, Zone Pro goggles, uh, Fly Racing has stepped into the premier goggle market with their 2019 Zone Pro Pro goggles. Numerous color lines. We're gonna give a set of those away. To somebody who has fly gear. Oh, they have to have fly gear. They have, they have to post a picture of themselves in fly gear. Okay. That okay. Because I, they are a sponsor of the show. Th- yeah. So we're gonna make sure right. that whoever gets those goggles has fly gear. Okay. So go on your Instagram, post a picture of you in your fly racing gear. Does not have to be current. Just no. has to be fly racing gear. Because I got some old gear. I'm tag gonna post tonight at Moto X Pod Show. Tag at Fly Racing. I will do my best not to lose those like I did last time. So, so yeah, let's let's help him yeah. fail. Everybody uh, and send it in. we will pick a winner in two weeks because we are doing a show next week. I don't know about two weeks from now, but we'll pick the winner anyway in two weeks. Okay, is that good? So you happy I, with that, I told TJ? You, see, I, I'm, you did something. And, and spur of the moment, that's a great idea. Spur of the moment. It's only been like two and a half hours <laughs> since we first talked about this. <laughs> spur of the moment. All right. Uh, do you have anything else before we go? I do. Like I said, I the show was pretty long considering we only had two guests. I, I like the two guests yeah. and being able to talk to them longer. Right. I think that I like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, thank our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, A Cherubies, X Brand Goggles, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors. Uh, Williams Moto Works. I Dude, don't know where the note went. That motor on my son's bike is ungodful. Yeah, like, like he prefers to ride it over the 450. That's cool. It's a 250. Yeah, com- I mean, 250 right. with a stock piston in it, head work and cams, and did some transmission work. Right. To- I cannot. Well, I, on that crash I picked, posted of him on Instagram, he probably crashed because he grabbed a handful of throttle and couldn't hang on. <laughs> well, that was the 450s. <laughs> oh, but well, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. It just blew it out. Blew yeah, my did. whole theory out I'm of the water. I'm telling you, though, that, that motor, like, he posted a video up that, uh, today on his Instagram. Oh, yeah, that of, was a different video. Sorry. Yeah. yeah and he like was doing the, the the big rhythm sections on the Supercross track. Yeah, yeah. Like, he said it's no big deal at all with, right. that, with that new motor. It's unbelievable. That's awesome. So if anybody well, does... Support the people that support yep. our sport and support our show. Support our sponsors because they, uh, a few of them just wrote some decent-sized checks to get us to the races to get more content for That's you right. guys. Uh, because, believe me, I hate going to the races. I don't want to be there. I do it for you, the listeners. So thank our sponsors. TJ's <laughs> looking at me like I'm full shit because I am. But uh, please support our sponsors or we will track you down and kill you. We'll send Hal Simpson after every one of you. All right, that's it. We are done with episode 140, and we'll be back next week. 